The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network. Smith for the feet, he's to the 10, the 5, touchdown! Oh, oh, what a tackle! Evans up the middle to the 5, into the end zone, touchdown, Eastern Michigan! Straight from the 7-3-4, it's the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by the Foling Warehouse, your weekly chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. Let the good times bowl, Tom. Eastern <laughs> Michigan is heading to Mobile for the 68 Ventures Bowl. We learned it last night. Lots of excitement. I know the team was just there two years ago, but still, you think about it, with the way this transfer world works, most of the team really hasn't actually been there. That's true, too. There's so much turnover, and anytime you can go south, it's warmer weather, and you get to play a different opponent, it's all good. It's all good. It's bowling season. We we certainly liked the experience of Boise last year. A win always helps, but going back south, that was the goal of everybody. Uh, why is it that Alabama has now become the mecca of EMU's bowl history, though? You figure out of, what, the seven bowls now, three of them will take place in the state of Alabama. Yeah, but here's what I like about it, too, is it gives you a chance to have a good feeling coming out of Bama. This will be our second trip to Bama this year. That's right. As we play Jacksonville State. That didn't go so swimmingly the first time around. This one will actually take place in a city. The other one took place in the woods. Jacksonville State. Backcountry. Backcountry. Woods, backcountry. Yeah, same thing. All I know is there were trees and greenery and then a campus we played and then in the dark of night. Drove back to the airport. What's your early take on on this game, knowing that South Alabama gets to play in its home stadium? Does that, though, provide a deflating factor? Because sometimes it's like, we're not going anywhere. We're not doing anything different. Right. We're not even the home team in our own stadium. They don't get to use their own locker room. Which like, is weird. Does that make it more awkward, in your opinion? Or does it make them more fired up to be like, this team's coming in here and taking our building. That's a good question, because I thought about that. Like, all right, we're playing South Alabama at South Alabama Stadium. The game's on a Saturday night on the 23rd. Maybe a good crowd for that game. We haven't played on a Saturday night or a Saturday in general in most of the year. So why why would I play a traditional football game on Yeah, exactly. Fans are like, this is unique. College football on Saturday. Who thought of this idea? Um it will be weird that they have to dress in the visiting locker room and be the visiting team in their own stadium. And I don't know how they feel. Like, is this the equivalent of Detroit's a magnificent bowl game? But it's always a little different when you can drive home between practices and you're going yeah. one county over. South Alabama isn't even leaving their neighborhood to play this game. So I don't know how fired up you get. And they're going to have transfer, transfer portal issues just like Eastern Michigan will, guys that want to move around. I know they have a 1,000-yard back that didn't play against Texas State. They got a 1,000-yard receiver. Maybe he's going in the portal. Yeah, we've heard he could be in the portal. Yeah, so it's like, what what team are you going to see down there? They walloped Oklahoma State, a team that was in the Big 12 championship game, but in our own league, they collapsed against Central Michigan, so you just you haven't seen consistency there, similar to what we've seen for Eastern all year long. Everybody in the Sun Belt's like going to a bowl. Yeah, of, of, of 12 14, of the 14. Yeah, two teams schools. didn't. Yeah. I mean, it's an unbelievable How do you feel comment. like they're sitting at home right now? Oh, sorry, we, we screwed up and couldn't make the, the other two. The two teams? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, you keep playing each other. Yeah. How many teams? I mean, like, that's got to be the 
mathematical highest probability of teams getting into a bowl game is 12 in a 14-team conference if you're playing each other. I don't know the math. I can't do math. But it doesn't seem like there's a, a much higher probability that you could even get 13 teams in do, out of that conference. Do you know the two Sun Belt teams not going bowling? Troy went to Troy's going to a bowl. Yeah, Troy crushed uh, and yeah. won ten. They were just in the championship yeah, they're game. They're in the championship game, so they're they're the do- the top dog. I don't know who the two are. Uh, Southern Miss two and six this year in conference play. They uh, overall three and nine, and the former Fighting Terry Bowden's Louisiana Monroe two and ten lost their final ten straight games. Brett Favre couldn't get a little cash, get Southern Miss into something. I, I think Brett's got some issues of his own. I don't know yeah. if uh, that Wrangler contract is still paying off. The Sun Belt's tough, but it's a competitive bowl game and that's what you want. Two years ago when you played Liberty, that I mean you got routed. You don't want that kind of situation. This feels like an equal matchup. It does. It certainly does. Lots of similar momentum uh, Granted, they they were lost their final game down the stretch, so it'll be a great matchup. What do you think of uh, some of the other bowl matchups that the MAC was able to get? We had the surprise on Saturday, of course, Toledo upset by Miami. Uh, so the Red Hawks in did that st- surprise you? It you were there. Bit. It did a little bit because I thought Toledo was the better team for the entirety of the season. And then just defensively, Miami is really, really good. And, yeah. and maybe we didn't realize that because we didn't see them over the course right. of the year. Uh, we just figured that with Gabbard out, Miami new quarterback, they couldn't do it. They still found a way to win. Daquan Finn had some turnovers. That didn't help things. So uh, Miami off to the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl, which is in Orlando. <laughs> that, perfect. They'll play App State, a Sun Belt team. Ohio gets uh, Georgia Southern in Myrtle Beach. NIU will have Arkansas State in Montgomery at the Camellia Bowl. Quick Lane Bowl features Bowling Green going back there for the second straight year. They'll get on a Minnesota team that sneaks in at 5-7. and seven. And then Toledo faces off with our good buddy Alex Jewell in Wyoming at the Arizona Bowl. That's back-to-back years for Wyoming going to that bowl game. Yeah, so the bars will be better stocked because that fan base will drink anybody out of liquor in the state. Wyoming, they they come to play. How much do you think Alex was laying it on Dell to get them there? Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, our friend Dell down there. I don't know, like, but that's the thing. Do you want to go back? You don't want to go back the back to back years to the same bowl, do you? It's a it's a great bowl. It's actually on TV this year. Yeah, they get it's the on the CW. CW. Do you want to go to the same bowl back-to-back years? I would say no, but... Because we're going to Mobile for the second time in three years, and, yeah. it, and it feels a little familiar. Like, everything that's going to happen leading up to the bowl game, the guys that were there two years ago, Dooley and those guys, it's the same... You're going to tour the USS Alabama. Yeah. you got a beach day. I have heard possibly the renting out of a Top Golf. I've heard that, too. I've well, heard some rumors, so that there's some Top Golf action. But the, the parade, the Mardi Gras parade... Yeah. We'll talk with Chris Creighton later in the show. Uh, one of his is he fa- going to take his shirt off again? That and- was what I asked him. I said one of his my favorite memories is him in a driving rainstorm, shirt off, swinging it around. So we'll see if that happens. You'll have to <laughs> listen to Coach Creighton to, to see what he says about that. Because the rain limited that. I was calling basketball. Matt Shepard called were. that game, so I didn't come down for that bowl game. But usually they get about fifty thousand for that parade, right? Oh, it's usually a massive, and there were still lots of people out, but it wasn't the same. 
as what it could have been had uh, the rain not been there. So uh, I think a great atmosphere. It, I, I'm looking forward to going back. I know it'll be your first time. I'm excited to go. Rob Rubick already has his his plans laid out. He's probably out. already driving there. He's going to see all sorts of sights along the way. No, the Lions game got to get. Oh, he's got to get back. Gotta, gotta okay, do that down first. and back. No, before he's got the Lions game on the seventeenth now. So he was a little worried about the bowl schedule. Oh, I gotcha, gotcha. So he's good. Is that the Broncos game they flexed to Saturday night? Yeah. Okay, exactly. gotcha. So we we have some interviews from last night's banquet. We caught up with first team All Max selection Mitchell Thomasek at punter to get his thoughts on why it was success a great year. Jalen Jackson, second team honors, second straight year. And then Brian Dooley gets uh, a chat as well with him as he picks it up for the third straight year. Offensively, uh, Eastern Michigan was challenged, but they were still recognized quite handsomely in the All-Mac Awards. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest crime, though, was Chase Klein being third team. I agree. On the defensive side. I don't know how you can be number one in the Mac and se- like second in the nation in tackles and you end up third team, which means that wins favor stats. I think Joe Sparacio should have probably been there as well. Yes. Higher up in my opinion. Thomas Sek, well-deserving great punter. Yeah, absolutely. First time an EMU punter's ever been first team in back-to-back years. I know you asked me about offense though. Yeah. Well, who, give me the, tell me who's on offense again. They got the uh, Tanner, Brian Tanner. Yep. Uh, Samson did not get it, even though I thought he should have had a chance. But he didn't. Uh, he didn't really have a. He's still like eighth in the country in, in touchdowns, though, from a rushing perspective. Right, you're banging out a lot from a yard and two and two yards out. Right, yeah. you didn't have that like signature game like you had a year ago against Arizona State, or that 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 big yeah. game that kind of put you over the top in conference play. So it'll be a unique matchup. We'll have more coverage on next week's show to get you set for the bowl. It lacks next week's show will also be our season finale for the calendar year. We'll be back in 2024, but we will, we'll take a little time off for the holidays, <laughs> little R and R R and R for the holidays. Uh, we also have a big basketball matchup this week. Oakland golden Grizzlies coming to town, a team that's already knocked off Xavier earlier this year, gave Ohio state a threat, uh, but they got walloped by Purdue Fort Wayne the other day. So, uh, Greg Camping and Company coming in. You got to talk with Stan Heath about uh, the Lake Superior State game that was very competitive and, yeah. and now getting ready for for the Grizzlies. It's nice. Lake Superior State's a really good three-point shooting team, so they kind of hit Eastern Michigan in the mouth with that. But I think that's what's been so great about the schedule that Stan Heath set up in non-conference play is they're getting challenged in different areas of their games. And in all reality, this team could be 6-2. and two. They're 5-3. and three. They had a chance to beat North Dakota. They let it get away from them. They weren't going to beat Xavier, who looks great this year. Right. Or not Xavier, uh, Butler. And th- they weren't going to beat FAU, dropping the banner of Final Four teams. So 6-2 and two would be the ceiling right now. But they're 5-3. and three. January 28th of last year was how long it took this basketball team to win five games. Yeah, when you told me that last year, I was just shocked that it took that long. I told Stan that, too, and he goes, whoo. <laughs> I go, you're way ahead of schedule, though he doesn't feel like it. Like, he really feels like they should be 6-2. and two. You know, you always want to win them all. Oakland's a good team. They can play really well on the interior. Yeah. It's going to be a challenge for Eastern Michigan. But you're home. It's, it's going to be a great battle. And I think this is another one. You know, you beat a Cleveland State team that was really good. Now you have an Oakland team coming in. If you can, you can knock off this team, boy. You got some serious momentum 
going towards Mac play. Well, and then you get a Michigan team that's just getting Jawan Howard back as coach. They haven't hit expectations yet. If you're able to win this game and the next one, you could really start getting some of this uh, people on the bandwagon that start believe because this team plays very solid team fundamental yes. basketball. It's weird for people when I tell them this is a better team than you had a year ago. They're like, well, they had Amani Bates last year. I go, doesn't, yeah, doesn't, make, a doesn't make a difference. Amani Bates was a really good player. This is a really good team. And Tyson Acuff is top five in the nation in scoring right now, averaging 22 points a game. And you have the rest of the team fitting into different roles. But this is Acuff's team. And you might be able to slow him up at points, but this is a guy that's been a real driving force for this basketball team. They're a lot of fun to watch. They're much better defensively on that end of the floor, which you had nowhere to go but no. up last year. And it's not hyperbole when I say they were one of the worst defenses in the nation. Like out of 320 teams, they were probably hovering around 318 in that category, 316. I know they were always like bottom four in the nation in defense last year. So they're, they're much better at moving around the floor, playing the defensive line. I, I was watching Martinoff in defense, too. They call him Big C. So maybe I, I'll just start calling Big him Big C. Because I asked Bob Simon, I go, how's Martinoff development? He goes, who? I go, Martinoff? I go, what do you call him? He goes, oh, Big C, yeah. And it was funny. He was playing some one-on-one against Javante Randall, and they had a guy feeding it in. He put a sweet move on Randall, and then two hands slammed it and just about shattered the backboard. And they go, that's what we need in the game. He's got to ramp up that intensity in games. If he does, it's going to be a difference maker for EMU. Eastern Michigan this year giving up just 73 points a game, which may not seem a ton in the grand scheme of things, but that is almost 115 spots better than a year ago. 115. Isn't that unbelievable? I don't know how many times last year I said on the radio, all five guys were flat-footed there. They didn't move, and some guy would cut through them like butter and lay it in. Yeah, there's 351 schools, and now 351. Eastern's ranked uh, 222 in terms of scoring defense. Scoring offense, they're 304. So, But again, when you're playing defense, you don't have to score as many points also. Right. And I also like that this team, the Cleveland State game was another example, where they had a double-digit lead, Cleveland State rallies and brings it down to six. And instead, last year where I felt like it would have gone the other way, and now they're behind and trying to come back. They stopped that bleeding and stretched it back out to a double-digit lead. Eastern Better Mich- team. Yeah. Eastern Michigan, top 100 in two categories. Three-point percentage. They're 73rd nationally, 36.7%. And the fewest fouls, 100. That makes a huge difference. They're only 16 fouls a game. So you're not sending the other team to the yes. free throw line. Yes. So uh, great stuff. Hopefully lots of fans come out on Friday to support Eastern Michigan. Not often that you get Oakland, a a power name in this region to come to your building too. So that's a nice treat for Stan. I think fans have been a little gun shy too. I think they felt like last year, this team was going to do something, especially after the Michigan game when they played that one little season's arena. And then the team went nowhere all season. I think they're a little gun shy, but this is a much better basketball team. They're certainly worth coming out. And you're gonna be like, oh yeah, guess what? This team could, this could do something. This this is a this is a team I feel right now, definitely gonna go to Cleveland. That's the way I feel about this team. Where even in the preseason polls, I'm like, yep. I don't think this this team still has it together. They're much better than people think, and that's what you want to be. Last year, you had a target on your back right. every game you played. 
every arena we went to. Illinois State kicked out more people in that game than they've ever had maybe in an entire season because fans were on Amani oh, yeah. so much and on this team. Well, he's gone. The target's off the back. Now they're sneaking up on people. and People are like, whoa, this, this is a better EMU team than we thought they were. Well, I think it's part of the reason that Central Arkansas, you don't schedule a team that you don't think you're going to beat to be an opener in your tournament. They thought they could walk over Eastern. That's why they set up the yeah. schedule that way. They got an ugly floor, too. Yeah, purple and gray, gray. and but then again, we got a lot of. Well, gray we got a gray too, field, so. but like it's against a green, like the court. I don't know. I just like there's some like Oregon has the worst court in basketball. NIU's was pretty close. NIU's whole thing is just dark. It's but like it's, being it, at they the got old... a brand new one, so no more black. Oh, they brightened it up. Yeah, they they go back to traditional this year. Oh, okay, all right. Oakland's was... still got the dark floor. They call the black top. Yeah. It's, 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 but NIU's arena is so dark. It is. They, it has like that old forum Lakers lighting, you know, it's almost like that theater lighting in there where you darken the crowd and put the focus on the court. I don't think they're doing it intentionally, but it's <laughs> trying to draw people's eyes away from everything else. Well, it should be a fun one. You'll have basketball coverage beginning at 6:50 coming up on Friday night. Lots of good things in store. Women's basketball also, they'll still be on the road. They're at Lindenwood this week as Lindenwood well. has not won a game this year. So a chance for them to get back on the winnings track. And then they also have a game at Southern Indiana as well as IUPUI. So they're going to be playing a lot of basketball over the next few weeks. you know their nickname, Southern Indiana? These Soaring Eagles. Soaring? Yeah. Not just Eagles, Soaring Eagles. <sighs> Feel like no relation to that place in Mount Pleasant. <laughs> yeah, we're just eagles. They're soaring eagles. Exactly. If it's The soaring's implied. Very much so. We're just getting started here on the Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield and the Foling Warehouse. Plenty of interviews to come. Three, four on the football side, and Stan Heath, who will be on the other side of this break. We get it. You did more interviews than me. You had to put that in there. I always have to top people. Yeah, three or four football interviews. And Tom with Stan. Yeah, but mine will be quick. They're only Mine's like... longer. Mine's more quality, people. Enjoy. Enjoy. Are you ready? Ready to find the right care that works for you? Care that connects you to what you need anytime, anywhere, and fits best with your lifestyle? Whether it's in person or in your pajamas, online or over the phone, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan connects you to the care you need when you need it most. With the largest network of doctors and hospitals, an easy-to-use mobile app, and a 24-hour nurse line, because we're always ready to help. Learn more about Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan at bcbsm.com. It's here. Bowling Warehouse. And sports will never be the same. Bowling combines the best of bowling and football, but you don't have to be good at either to have a great time at the Bowling Warehouse. Ipsy Ann Arbor's newest place to play is now open. 20 lanes, two bars, over 100 beers. The Bowling Warehouse at the corner of Washtenaw Golfside in Ypsilanti, where everyone comes to play. All right, joining me courtside right now is Stan Heath as he admires his team off to a nice five and three start after the win over Lake Superior State. That was a that was a tough game, but Lake Superior State is a very good basketball team. We we knew coming in uh, they were undefeated. Um, obviously, you're winning games. You got some good habits, and you know one of the things that was a little bit uh, uh, 
not scary, but just, just kind of got our attention was the fact that they shot the three so well. And uh, anytime you face a team that can shoot the three, they've got a chance. You know, they can, in this day and age, three-point shot is a great equalizer. So uh, we didn't start off, we started off the game pretty good, but then I think we had some breakdowns defensively, missed some shots as well around the rim, and ended up being a tie half. But I thought our second half, we really kind of imposed our will a little bit more, especially on the interior, attacking the rim, uh, rebounding the basketball, uh, and really putting a lot of pressure on their shooters to force tougher shots. It seems like what you want out of your non-conference schedule. These are the type of battles and, and getting tested in different ways. Has the non-conference played out kind of as you'd expect it as far as what you've seen in opponents? Well, obviously, you like to win every game you can, but, uh, you know, we, we played two really, really good teams, especially FAU is probably one of the top ten teams in the country. And Butler's a much, much improved team. They're going to have a really good season as well, too. And, um, I, I, you know, for the most part, we, we played some tough teams. We went on the road uh, to Detroit, won that game. Cleveland State at home was a big win uh, against a very strong opponent as well. Uh, split in, in Arkansas where we had the game in North, North Dakota. I thought we should have won, but kind of let that one slip away. But I think, you know, at the most, for the most part, you want your team to grow. You want your team to improve. Um, and I'm seeing that. I'm seeing different guys kind of evolve. Uh, you know, Tyson's been carrying a, you know, kind of a big load for us, but I'm seeing uh, uh, Arne has had some really good games for us as a freshman. Uh, Julius has been a really good kind of utility player for us as well. Uh, big Kirill is coming around, become more of an impactful player. So I'm seeing improvement from a lot of different guys. We're still slowly getting healthier and healthier, which is helping us to some degree. Uh, but uh, I do see, you know, I think we're in a good place to be prepared for our league play when that time comes. Tyson Acuff has played such great basketball so far, top five in the country in scoring. Is this kind of the Acuff you expected when you brought him to Ypsilanti? Absolutely. I, I've always thought, uh, you know, he's a very talented, uh, gifted scorer. Um, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that feel like he's not just a scorer. Like, I want him to be a well-rounded player that can make plays for his teammates, which he does. He's not a selfish player at all. Um, you know, last year wasn't easy because, you know, it was Amani was there as a right. big-time scorer, and Old Faircon was a good scorer as well, too. So, you know, he had to, you know, kind of sacrifice a little bit for the, for the good of the team. But now he knows this is his team, and uh, you know teams are keying in on him. They're doubling him. They're sending a lot of attention, and he's still finding a way to be a very efficient scorer for us. Stan, when I look at the stats, I say, all right, he's averaging 22 a game. Nobody else is in double figures. But does that concern you, or is everybody playing the way they need to play? Well, I, 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 we'd like to be a team that had four or five guys in double figures. I do think um, in different games, pretty much, we've had different guys in double figures. Yusef Jihad has had double figure games maybe multiple times. Uh, in our last game, uh, I think uh, our second leading score was maybe Arne had 10. Uh, he's had 20 points in the game as well, too, Arne. Jalen Billingsley had 10 or 12, 13 points, I think, in his last game. So, it, 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 you know, I guess from a consistent standpoint, is it one or two guys that are consistently getting that number? Not necessarily, but there always seems to be another guy or two that, that gets, you know, 10, 12 points that helps us. You're in that little phase of the season, too, where you're really playing one game a week. They're really spread out. Is that a good thing, or would you prefer a couple games a week to get into a little better rhythm? Well, the schedule worked this way this year where we actually started a week early, so there was going to be a little bit more um, gaps into your schedule. Um, probably if I would have had my, my way, way, I would have won one of those games that uh, uh, kind of where we had two, three games in one week to, to kind of maybe spray over 
into uh, this week, but it's okay. I mean, you, exam week is coming up next week, so you can only you can't play during that week. Um, Christmas is right after that, so we've got a game in between them, and so there's a gap in there as well too. Um, but it gives us a time to practice and work on ourselves, which is as important as anything. Sometimes you're playing so many games, you don't really get to fix some of the things you need to fix as a team. Next game up is Oakland. How is Oakland this year? It was a tough game last year. You guys took them to overtime. But as you look at this matchup, what concerns you about University of Oakland? They're really good. I mean, they, they played Ohio State down to the wire. They played Illinois down to the wire. They beat Xavier, a very good team on the road. Um, they had a tough loss. I thought IPFW is a very good basketball team. I've, I've seen those guys before as well. But, uh, you know, they have really good balance. Uh, their, their inside is extremely strong with Trey Townsend, who hurt us last year. Uh, Conway is a very good player inside as well, too. Rocket Watts, very talented guard. Uh, so they have very good personnel. Um, they play a unique zone. Uh, they give you multiple looks. And so you got to get your guys comfortable playing against a different defense, which you don't see very often. Uh, which last year I thought we started off slow. Then once we figured it out, we erased a 20-point lead, took the lead within the last minute. We're winning the game and really had the game won if we make a free throw and, and, and really don't turn the ball over late. So. Um, you know, two teams that uh, over the last couple of years, the other game was like an exhibition game, right. have split and uh, have played well against each other both, both times. Final question, Stan, as you wrap up non-conference play and look ahead to the MAC, what are one or two things you'd like to see this team improve on before you get to conference play? We need to become a better rebounding team. Um, we have some size. Um, I think we have some guys that uh, can really do a better job in that area, but we, we just got to be more physical and inside. Um, get more rebounds, don't give up as many on the offensive end. And then I think that goes along with rebounding is transition, just playing a little bit faster, throwing it ahead, trying to get some easy baskets. Uh, we don't get enough easy baskets, and part of that is just rebounding and transition. All right, thanks, Stan. Appreciate There's it. There's only one thanks, place God. in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room, and that's the Eastern Insider Podcast, your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. Here with Jalen Jackson. You get some awards tonight at the banquet. What does it mean to be recognized by your teammates and take home some of these accolades? Uh, it means the world to me. Uh, honestly, I just come in and uh, try to do my job for them. And uh, I also want to give shout-outs to the O-line, the receivers, tight ends, because I couldn't do what I do uh, without them. So it means the world to me. Offensive MVP, able to, to be there. You've been a starter for a majority of this year in front of a guy like Samson, which is saying a lot. How have you seen yourself improve the most over this time that you've been at Eastern? Uh, I would say probably just my field recognition, um, just getting comfortable with the speed of uh, playing FBS. And uh, Samson, he's been there to help me, you know, the whole time. So he just made the transi transition so much easier. So kudos to him. We've seen you do it in so many different ways. We've seen the kickoff against Howard. We remember the, the big receiving game you had. And then think back to that Buffalo game where you helped ice it. What's been your proudest memory this year? Uh, I would definitely say probably that last Buffalo game, uh, just to be able to ice the game and uh, send the team bowling. Uh, it was one of like the best moments this year. So, As an opportunity now to head back south, last year you played in a bowl in some cold weather. Now we get a bowl that's a little bit more conducive oh, yeah. to what you're used to. How excited are you to be headed to your neck of the woods? Oh, man, I'm so excited. Uh, I got a lot of family members uh, that text me when they see where we're going bowling, and uh, they plan on coming, so uh, I just want to have fun. So. Have you ever been to Mobile? 
no, this is my first time, so I'm, I'm excited. Let's do it. What's the What's the biggest thing about this next 20 days or so that you get to to do more practice, be with your guys some more, and get yourself ready for this bowl game? Uh, really, we just gonna you know continue to keep bonding and uh go out here and do something that nobody's ever won a game back to back, a bowl game back to back here at Eastern. So we get the chance to do that. So it's gonna be fun. Like I say, being a part of sending out that senior class with another ring, mm -hmm. how important is that to this junior class and really all the underclassmen? Uh, that's like the number one goal right now is to send them boys out the right way with a win uh, and a ring. So we're excited. You've looked at your offensive line and you got some guys that are seniors up there. Dimitri, you've got Dooley, you got Howie. What does that group mean to this program? Uh, man, it, everything really starts with them. Anything we do on offense, uh, it starts with those guys that you just named. And, uh, you know, we're going to miss those guys so much. So This episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast is brought to you by... National Trails Bus, safety, comfort, reliability. Come ride with us, as well as Trinity Health. Trinity Health is the preferred health care provider of EMU Athletics. Get top-tiered orthopedic and spine care to get you back in the game, as well as standard printing and design, the standard of excellence in design and print for small business. Banquet in the Books as we're joined by Mitchell Tomasek. What does it mean when you get together a night like this to celebrate really all the accomplishments of the year that maybe you don't think about at the time, but it turns out it's a pretty cool season. No, yeah, it means everything. Um, during the season, we just try to put the accomplishments to the side and just, you know, worry about more about the team and everything and uh, the next opponent. But um, after you kind of sit back after the season, season's not over, but almost over, you get to see everything that everyone's done and kind of just reflect on that and uh, appreciate them and, that's good. Last year, you burst on the scene after the red shirt year. Everybody kind of like, wow, where'd this guy come from? Now year two. Is it harder in year one to make that blast or is it harder in year two to repeat and be better? Uh, honestly, coming in, I'd say it was probably a little bit harder, but at the end of the day, you just got to do your job. And uh, I know that I'm fully capable and I have a great team and great coaches behind me. So um, they make it easy. First team All-Mac, first time an EMU punters ever won first team All-Mac in back-to-back -back years. That's saying something because there's been a lot of really good punters in this program. Yeah, there's been a lot of great punters. Uh, my boy Jake before, before me, I'm sure he's probably smiling at that. Um, but yeah, it means a lot. And yet again, it's just a team effort and they put me in a great position to succeed. It doesn't start, of course, without the group in front of you, the shield, you talked about them and your long snapper. How good are they as a collective group? They're really good. I was just sitting here with my dad uh, talking about Stephen Bird and how he has been pretty much perfect all year long. And it, it really does make the job easy. And the coverage unit, the shield, you got some new guys in there. Uh, Jerry Getzinger, Dooley was in there beginning of the year, uh, Danny Warnsman and uh, Conti. So I really appreciate them all. And like I said, it just makes my job easy. Which been your proudest accomplishment this season? Proudest accomplishment would probably be making this bowl game. Um, we were in a little bit of a dark spot there. Uh, I think it was a three game losing stretch and um, the boys put it together and now we got a chance to go do something special. Yeah, you mentioned the bowl, getting a chance to go play in Mobile uh, against a South Alabama team. I know we're not going to talk about them yet because you haven't gotten into prep work and all that, but what does a bowl mean for this team? It means everything. I think it just uh, is a reflection of the hard work that everyone's put in and um, hopefully it'll pay off with a win and we can all we can all celebrate. You were on the trip before. What are you most looking forward to a trip to Mobile? 
the warm weather, honestly, it's been a little bit cold up here uh, recently. So I know we went to the beach last time. Maybe I'll get in the ocean or do a little something like that. Have you noticed, does the ball travel a little farther at at kind of sea level or do you get less carry in a place like that? Oh, it'll go far, hopefully, man. Uh, The weather definitely plays a big factor in that. It's been cold and windy here. So hopefully it's it's nice and sunny there and, and much warmer. What's the big thing that you need to work on in these next 20 days or so to get yourself and this team ready? Um, I'd, I'd say just staying consistent. Um, we haven't played in a while, so I'd say just getting back in the groove of things and uh, making sure that you're focused. You got school, finals, all that coming up. So um, just making sure we're focused and ready for the task at hand. You're listening to the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by the Folding Warehouse, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. Now let's get back to the action with Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. Coach, congratulations on another successful banquet. Always a, a great way to kick off kind of the holiday season, end of season before a bowl, just recapping all the accomplishments. What was it like to, to recap and be with this team again? Oh, yeah, I love banquets. <laughs> I say that every year. You know, I, we don't celebrate like individual accomplishments during the during the season all that much and we're just focused on getting better and the next thing and um but hey at the you know end of the year you have a banquet and you celebrate the team's accomplishments and celebrate each other and and individual accomplishments and you know awards and all those things are meaningful um and i just think that you know a banquet is a time to do that and hearing the guys speak and you know reliving um going all the way back from january and you know what this team is done and gone through and built and and set out to accomplish and the things that we've had to overcome and endure um yeah i mean it's just uh it's a good healthy thing to do it takes a village you have not only your players student athletes support staff but parents families coaches families you don't realize how many people are involved that make this process all happen until you have everybody stand up and realize Wow, there are a lot of people behind the scenes that make it go. And it's your way to also showcase the culture of this program because not everybody has the luxury of, of that support system that you have here. I'll tell you, it's we have a phenomenal support system. People care and are good at what they do. And, you know, I just, when, when everybody, like you said, stood up, and we didn't even have the coaches standing up at that time. It was just all the support staff. Um, it's incredible. You know, if I'm a coach or I'm a student athlete, it's like, wow, all these people you know, like their profession is to help me mm-hmm. and to make me better. And it's a, uh, it's an awesome thing. When you were standing uh, a few about 10 years ago, ready to take this job, the goal was to make bowls. Now you've done it six times in 10 seasons. You got the word earlier today that you're off to another bowl game, this time back to Alabama. Does what was the feeling like when you first got the call that, Hey, we're back in it officially. Yeah, um, it was good. You know, we, to be honest, I mean, we probably had a pretty good idea just because of the number of teams that had six wins or more that, you know, the bowl eligibility thing wasn't really kind of like at stake um, in terms of not going. And so we were pretty confident that we're going to go to a bowl game, but still awesome to hear that, uh, you know, we're picked and and that uh, Mobile wants us and chance to go back. And we had a great experience there, you know, except for the game and that's on us. And so chance to get back there and, you know, play better and playing such a great opponent. And um, I've known Coach Womack for a number of years and have great respect for him. And um, it's it's a home game for them. 
you know, so that's a little odd with a bowl game situation, but we'll, uh, that's kind of how we roll, right? Um, First time that this program has played in three consecutive bowls. If you take the COVID year out, you're probably up to actually five, but you've never gone and won back-to-back bowl games. And I know the standard was the mention a lot of times at this banquet tonight, but you still have the ability to set that new standard with this next game that's upon us. Yeah, setting a standard that, you know, we just don't go to bowl games, but we win them um, would, be an, would be an awesome step. Um, and something that I, and I told the guys and all of us, you know, we fell short um, of our stated goals. But I think even as time passes, um, you know, if we're able to, we are, we're going to a third straight bowl game. And if we're able to be victorious and um, I mean, it'll be very meaningful. This team had its backs against the wall. You think back to Akron, you knew you had to win that one and, and then go to Buffalo. What does it say about the heart and toughness of the squad? It says a lot. I think that's what this whole season has been about. You know, we went through three, three weeks there where we had hard losses for different reasons um, and so a three game losing streak in the middle of the MAC conference. And, um, you know, we were either going to fold, um, or fight. Um, and I mean, we literally talked about it, whether we're going to fold or fight and, you know, um, you know, these guys fought and, uh, they upheld that standard of toughness, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, and all the things that we say with putting the team first and obsessed with being our best and unwavering in adversity and grit and heart. Um, and they proved it. Um, and so I'm super proud of them for that. One of my all-time favorite bowl memories was that uh, Mobile Parade a few years ago that yeah. you were on Mike Van Hoven's shoulders uh, in a monsoon. Uh, what stands out to you most about this bowl that you remember the last time we were there? Yeah, that that, uh, that was a great night. And, you know, really coming away from it, you know, that may have been the best memory. And so, you know, what you want is for the memory to be hoisting the trophy at the end. Um, and so, uh, you know, we're thankful that we get an opportunity to go back and compete one last time. And I'll get you out of here on this. 20 days from now, it'll be kickoff. What do you and this team have to do over this next three-week span to get ready for this game? Well, guys got to finish strong academically. Um, you know, we're getting out on the road recruiting. We've had, already had a couple of uh, practices, which, um, you know, just developmental, which has been awesome. Um, and then we'll get back and in a game plan, take a little bit of a break from being on the road to, to game plan. And, and then uh, we'll be ready to get, you know, our traditional Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday practices in, you know, before we um, take flight. There's only one podcast in Washtenaw County that takes you inside the athletic department every single week. The Eastern Insider Podcast, your home for all things Eastern all the time. This has been another edition of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or your home smart device for all of our episodes on demand.